You're listening to Leah and Alana watch The X-Files. Leah's seen it. Alana hasn't. I'm Leah. I'm Alana. Episode 16. Woo! Episode 16, Young at Heart. Young at Heart. Mm. It sounds so, like, lovely, and it is so not... Yeah, it's really not. There's like a documentary called Young at Heart, which um, is about like some seniors like living in a senior living center. And it's very sweet. Uh, And that's, I think you told me you were like, I'm watching Young at Heart. And I was like, you're watching that documentary? Because I didn't know (laughs) that's what this episode was called. Um, Very different vibe. Yeah, I I haven't seen that documentary, but I can if it's anything like this episode, that would be horrifying for those senior <laughs> citizens. <laughs> this one, I will I'm gonna admit right off the bat, this one still confuses me um a little bit. I feel like I never have fully grasped because so much is happening in it. And maybe it's just that I'm trying to, like, understand the, like, science aspect of why this man is like this. And my brain is like, error, error, you can't do science. <laughs> um, but I'll, I'll say it. I, I literally, like, rewatched the ending again today because I was like, all right, pay attention. <laughs> and, like, I guess it's not even the ending that's confusing. I, I get what happens, but... Okay, this makes me very excited for our roles to be reversed here. And you, you get it. <laughs> yeah, well, I shouldn't say that, but I am very <laughs> excited to hear you talk about the things you're confused by. I don't, I don't think that I, I think that I maybe get it. I think that, like, the science of it, we're just never going to understand. But I think well, I, yeah. I mean, it might understand not be real. the plot. Yeah, okay, sure. That's fair. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, some of my a lot of my notes are in <laughs> <admin> question marks. <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot of fun watching this episode. I don't know what it was that I liked so much about it. It just felt I just felt like there was a lot of sexual tension between everybody mm-hmm. that was not just Mulder and Scully, everybody that was in this episode. It was just there was so much of it. <laughs> It was a very sexually charged episode. <laughs> it was. Or maybe that's just the mindset I was in when I was watching it. I was <laughs> yeah. Like reading into things that weren't there. But that is most, a lot of my notes are about like, oh, this character is into this character and this character is into this character. What's happening? Yeah. I don't know if I picked up on that, but I'm, I'm excited to, to dive into to what that looked like for you. <laughs> Before I get into it, I guess just to give a brief summary of the plot, there is a um, murderer from the past who uh, Mulder was responsible for, um, what's the, arresting, like locking up, Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, But when he did that, what happened was there was a standoff and the murderer had a hostage and Mulder didn't take the shot at him. And the murderer killed, like, one of the FBI agents and also the hostage. So Mulder feels very guilty about that. But also this guy has a vendetta against Mulder for Mm -hmm. locking him away. 
But also, this guy supposedly died in prison and is dead, but now Mulder is getting uh, notes from him is, mm-hmm. is what, hap- is, what ha- is happening in this episode. Great description. I'm like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> and that's really only half of it. There's another whole part yeah. to this thing that we I'm not going to get into yet. Just to start off with the sexual tension I felt, there is a, mm-hmm. I believe, handwriting analyst in this episode mm-hmm. who is very into Mulder. And I loved her. Like the very first scene you you see with her in it, she says something like, I think Mulder is asking if if he could get like results in like 10 minutes and or some I don't know but she says to him 10 minutes wouldn't be enough time for you but of course I wouldn't know that from personal experience. I got to rewatch this episode again. <laughs> I was so focused on trying to like understand the plot line <laughs> that like I didn't notice any of these side characters flirting with Mulder. Oh my God. Yeah. She wants him so bad. And he was flirting back a little too, but she, she really wants him. She was putting it all out there. I mean, good for her. her. I would watch a whole show about her. She was great. (laughs) (laughs) The handwriting analyst from episode 16 gets her own series. (laughs) I really want her to come back, but I can't imagine they analyze handwriting all that often. It's a huge part of the show. It's alien handwriting, but, you know. <laughs> wow. I mean, yeah, I wish that I had, like, picked up on, on these things so that I could chime in, but I am, I'm just blown away, you know, basically hearing about this for the first time, as though I haven't seen this episode, like, four times and, like, twice within the past week. I mean, she's also in multiple scenes of of the show like that's just her first scene but she comes back and is also flirting with Mulder again that time she's ready and she's not gonna hold back and that is the type of strong independent female character that we like to see exactly and you know going after Mulder like yeah girl do it we all want to (laughs) I mean we don't exist within the fictional realm of this show but yeah it's just like a minor detail So the very first scene of this episode, we see it's inside a prison and this prisoner is in a wheelchair and rolling into this room. I think he hears screaming or something and he rolls Mm -hmm. into this room and he sees a person on the table who um, we later learn is Barnett. And there's a doctor in there who's like operating on him and the doctor threatens the inmate who sees this. And also tells him that Barnett is dead. But the guy's like, Barnett's not dead. Like, I can see him moving. He's <laughs> right there. But the doctor's like, no, he's dead. And if you don't, like, say that he's dead, then I'll kill you. Or whatever. So Barnett is a guy that's being experimented on, it seems. Or, like, a doctor's just doing, like, fucked up things to him. And he's not dead. Right. And I or, think that- I mean... Yeah, we don't, I guess we don't know at first what to believe. Well, sure. But it sure seems like he's not dead. Seems like a very strange cover-up. I also, just from my very first note that I wrote down after the scene was, well, this is another referendum on the prison industrial complex and the U.S. (laughs) government. It sure is. Whether or not they knew they were doing that, I don't know. But you would assume a little bit. You would. I am just constantly shocked at how... 
critical of the government and um, parts of the government that this show seems to be. What was the political climate in 93? (laughs) Well, president in 93. I think it was Bill Clinton. Yeah, I think Bill Clinton was elected in 92 because eight years after that in 2000 was the next, was when George W. was president. Mm. Mm-hmm. Look at that. So intelligent. <laughs> so many facts that I just don't know. <laughs> I don't know my presidents, you guys. I'm so sorry. It does seem like from this episode and from past episodes, it just feels like a lot of people have grudges against Mulder. Just constant, like every episode yeah. is just a new person who has a grudge against him. He definitely, I guess, like, in his his previous role, he, I mean, he was really, it's interesting because he was really good at what he did, and yet, like, somehow it all comes back to, like, fuck with him. Like, he caught these people, they're in prison, but they're like, we're not fucking done with you, dude. And they all know how to do some supernatural stuff, which is like... Yeah. How do they all know? It is interesting because he, when, like, presumably when he was arresting John Barnett the first time around, like, wasn't working X-Files, had nothing to do with it, and then these people all just, like, happen to be, like, paranormal motherfuckers, like. (laughs) Exactly. um, It did seem to me very, like, like, Mulder throughout this episode is like kind of experiencing like some guilt and we're learning about how he never really got over this thing that happened when he arrested Barnett, which was that he could, he had a clear shot. I get, although he didn't like, that's the thing is the whole thing was that like he could have shot Barnett, but Barnett was holding a hostage. So he didn't. And then Barnett yeah. killed people, but it's like, what were you supposed to do? risk the lot like it wasn't yeah. his fault it is one of those moments where i was like you know made me think of how often like law enforcement officers shoot people which like now feels like a lot <laughs> it's like it's, yeah it's really happening uh constantly but like h- how like <laughs> i just don't get it because like watching this episode i was like yeah i wasn't a shot like no I mean, obviously, I have absolutely no experience shooting, let alone holding a gun, and definitely would have missed. But, like, even if I did, I think that that's just such a big risk. And also, like, he doesn't want to kill Barnett. Like, even in this episode, like, he doesn't want to kill him. Yeah, and they constantly are saying, like, well, Mulder didn't take the shot because it's against FBI regulation. Right. To to do that when there's a hostage like presenter in the way so it's like in no way it would have been wrong for him right to shoot him yeah john barnett has no problem killing people though it seems no he doesn't he's totally fine pretty he's pretty into it the the scene that like i feel like really stuck with me from this episode i mean there are a couple but when Mulder is on the phone with that guy, Reggie. It's like after Barnett had kind of said, like was trying to give Mulder like clues that he was back and was like going to, 
he like said to him that he was gonna like prove himself that like it was really him because like Mulder thought it was but he was like how can this be happening um and Mulder's on the phone with Reggie like in the middle of the night I think and he's like Reggie's like screaming like clearly being killed and Mulder's just like what's going on and I'm like Mulder why would you not think that it's the guy that said he was gonna fucking prove himself who loves to kill people to fuck with you like where's the disconnect for you buddy because it's pretty clear what is going on right now Right. I thought about that, too, and I thought it seemed silly. But I guess also, like, if you're on the phone with somebody while they're being killed, like, what are you supposed to do? I don't know. I mean, I don't know, but I don't think it's repeatedly ask what's going on. Right. And just wait wait for Reggie to say, hey, I'm being murdered. Yeah. <laughs> Which this also, so, like, Reggie is, like, kind of, like, Mulder's mentor. He like worked with Mulder whenever Mulder was first in the bureau. Um, and he's like a very like wise older person who is then killed. And I was just thinking like, this should be emotionally devastating to Mulder. Mulder already yeah. is feeling guilty about the people who Barnett has killed. And now it's killing his like friend and mentor. Um, and he doesn't seem to really mourn or grieve all that much, which surprised me. Yeah. I, I sometimes I wonder, like, when these things happen, if, I'm just like, did they just not have the time in the script? Or, like, what is it just, like, there's too much going on. Like, we don't have time to have a scene where Mulder's, like, crying for a minute. Um, which I guess is valid, you know. They have a, a time limit <laughs> in terms of of how long their scripts and episodes can be. But at the same time, I'm like, give us something. Like, let us know that these characters have some emotional capacity outside of, like, frustration and annoyance. I feel like Mulder's main emotion is, like, just being annoyed. Um. <laughs> being annoyed and being uh, sexually... What's the word? Uh interested those are his two <laughs> being his sexually two interested but like not doing anything about it and therefore he is annoyed <laughs> sure yeah flirting I mean, they feed, and they feed into each other <laughs> i did laugh because at, at some point barnett writes or, or says to Mulder, um like uh, he's talking about maybe he was talking about reggie i don't know but he says something like he's gonna die like, the rest of your friends, one by one. And I was like, well, Mulder doesn't have any other friends besides Scully. Like, it's really just Scully. It's Scully, yeah. It is, and yet there's not, like, an immediate thought to, like, protect her until a little bit later. Yeah, much, like, towards the very end of the Until episode. it's, like, clear that, like, he hacked her phone and, like... And was in her apartment overnight. Yeah, only then are they like, oh, this is who he's going to go after. The One of the other places where I felt sexual tension was <laughs> um, they talk a lot about when Barnett was on trial and was sentenced. Mulder was there and Barnett turned around and said, like, I'm going to get you or whatever. Um <laughs> And they talk about it like it's scary. Like uh, Reggie is like, I'll never forget it. But then when I saw it, 
I was like, okay, this isn't aggressive at all. It was very flirty. Like Barnett turns around, he winks at Mulder, and then he whispers like, you'll see me again or something. And then he makes a kiss face at Mulder. He like does a smooshing sound. And I'm like, okay, have we considered maybe this guy just has a crush on Mulder? That's, I mean, what it is. And the thing is, he has to kill everyone around him, especially Scully, to get to him. Exactly. And he's just been pining after him in prison this whole time. Fakes his own death. Just right. to get to him. He's just trying to get to Mulder, which I understand. He's writing him little cute notes with fox puns. <laughs> yeah, a lot of attention to detail, you know? Yeah. Mulder, Mulder should be so lucky. Right, that's kind of sweet. <laughs> the last place I'll mention where there was sexual tension <laughs> is that I think uh, that Barnett's... So the, the guy that ends up um, seeing Barnett in the very beginning of the show when he's getting operated on. Mulder and Scully mm-hmm. go back to talk to him and we learn that this guy was Barnett's like best friend in prison. And I think this guy is kind of in love with Barnett. Like the way he talks about him, like he's oh, yeah. like very loyal to him, like misses him a lot, wants him to do well. I think he's kind of in love with him. Yeah, maybe there was a little bit of a, a prison romance. I personally think there was. Um, What were some of the areas you were confused by? Okay, so a lot of the (laughs) questions come in when we discover that Barnett, I I, I don't, (laughs) like, it's like he has Benjamin Buttons, (laughs) is how I perceive it. But then also, like, He's, like, deteriorating. I, like, I think I have a note that's, like, so he grew a new hand like a salamander? Like, wh- why is this happening? And then it's, like, this new, like, gene therapy that's, like, regenerating itself. And his whole body is, like, fine, but he can't see. And it's not working on his eyes. And it's, like, they're, like, this is the fountain of youth. And it's, like, not working on anything else. And all these other kids have this disease. And they die at, like, seven and they're like, well, basically from old age. So it's like Benjamin Buttons, but they die instead of just slowly <laughs> reversing. But Barnett is just like a grown man, but like hasn't aged from when he was in prison or something like something like I just I don't get it. I don't know. Maybe all of that was like spot on, or maybe it's all incorrect. And either way would make sense to me. Um, I don't know if you have I thought that was a great answer. It's like, I think that's what's happening, is that he has a different version of Benjamin Buttons and can grow a new hand like a salamander um, because of the, the gene therapy work of, like, this one doctor. And then he, like, worked on Barnett and, like, realized it was working but like it was like the worst person for this to work on he's like a full-ass murderer and there are seven-year-olds just dying because it's not working on them and then barnett has access to all of this research and is like well won't give it to anyone obviously did he steal it maybe stole it i don't remember 
I do have a note that says, I think he stole it because my note says he stole it. And then I said, so what? We don't need it. That was my <laughs> takeaway. I don't want to okay. live forever. I think we've discussed this before. <laughs> Please chime in. I need help. <laughs> I just, I really liked listening to all of that. And I especially like that you kept calling it Benjamin Buttons. Like not <laughs> Benjamin Button disease, not Benjamin Button syndrome, not the disease Benjamin Button has. It's, it's Benjamin well, it's Buttons. Benjamin Buttons, okay. <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean. I don't have to say <laughs> syndrome. We all know the guy. <laughs> okay. I'm going to give you my understanding of okay. what's happening Great. here. Um, so there is a doctor whose name I don't remember, who is doing experiments on inmates um, because he's trying to cure a disease that's called like progera or something or protegera or something which causes premature aging so it's actually the opposite of benjamin buttons it's like the movie jack with robin williams where kids just age really fast and die because of it so he's trying to reverse aging to cure this disease and he's experimenting on prisoners to do that it works on Barnett and he, Barnett is now aging in reverse. So he appears younger. However, Barnett also had issues with his hand and something, I, I don't think it's related is the thing is that the doctor was also experimenting just generally with gene mm -hmm. therapy and gave him cells from a salamander to grow a new arm. Uh, so it's like, I, I understand why you're confused. Cause I was thinking about this too. <laughs> and I was like, well, there's the aging thing, but there's also the salamander arm thing, which is just like, why is that there? Like, that's not, I, it feels unrelated. Yeah, it does. But I think I, I, I don't know. I guess the only way like my brain was able to connect it is that like, whatever, However, his body responds, like his body's responding to the gene therapy thing. That's like, like his, his cells are working differently than, than other people's. Um, and so he was able, like, I don't know if you gave your average person cells from a salamander, are they going to grow a new hand? I, I don't think so, but I'm not a scientist. <laughs> I think there's, yeah. like, part of this is a plot of, like, one of the Spider-Man movies where it's, like, the villain is the lizard guy, but I don't, I don't know <laughs> enough about it. But he, it's, like, there, it's, I know that salamanders can, like, regrow parts of their body, I think, is a thing. Yeah, that's probably true. So maybe he, like, infuses... Barnett's genes with salamander genes and so it grows back a fucked up hand it's not a person hand it's like no it's it's weird hand and also whenever the doctor shows up and explaining this I just want to call out Mulder's face like when he hears amputated salamander arm because he just mm -hmm. puts his like hand in front of his face and just like looks down like are you <laughs> fucking kidding me <laughs> yeah he <laughs> at some point 
whenever they learn that um, nobody has been able to recognize Barnett while he's been around because he looks younger than when Mulder knew him. They show a mugshot of him and they do like de-aging technology on it. And it's so funny because it doesn't de-age him at all. It just like adds dark hair to him. (laughs) And the hair looks like it was drawn on in like Microsoft Paint. A lot of the things that they try to do to like figure this out are not helpful. And maybe that's why I didn't understand so much of it. Like, you guys didn't give me enough answers. You just gave me random snippets of things. So now I think this guy's got Benjamin Button's syndrome and is part salamander. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's not, that's only part wrong. He is part salamander. Right. (laughs) And he did steal the research. That is what happened, is he stole it. Okay, yes. This is another episode where... Scully doesn't have the lights on in her house um, when she definitely should. And I just want to reiterate that I think that Scully's being a little reckless and should maybe be a little more aware because, as we said, the dude said he's going to kill Mulder's friends. And, honey, that's you. Yeah, that's only you. I wrote that down, too. I wrote that she was writing her notes by candlelight because I knew it was going to upset you. It was, I mean, like, I'd be not sleeping with all the lights on just holding my gun if I were her. Like, that's what I would be doing. And she's just like, ah, I'm going to go take a nice shower with all the lights off. Yeah. And he is in her house. It's very And he's there. (laughs) He's there the whole night. Because he's there and he's going to attack her, but then the doctor shows up and then Mulder shows up and and he's just there the whole night. He's fucking in there. And I mean, maybe it's just that I get so upset over this light issue because every time, maybe not every time, but a lot of the times we're in Scully's apartment, especially in the first season and she's in the dark, someone is in there or trying to break in or there's like, like an imminent threat that like, you know, if we were just seeing her average night activities then okay sure whatever she wants to do but this seems just how she's supposed to know when there's people context clues when you're on a case and the guy said he's gonna kill all of your partner's friends and you're his only friend that's when you know every that's every day for her because we've already established everybody Everybody has a grudge against Mulder, and she is his only friend, so this is every day for her. And I mean, like, I'm aware that having the lights on isn't going to, like, protect her in actuality from anyone, but, like, she could see them a little better. (laughs) Maybe be a little less caught off guard. If there was someone in my house and all the lights were off, I'd be, you know, less likely to notice their presence than if the lights were on. But you know what? It's fine. Just Maybe with the lights off. Into it. <laughs> Maybe with the lights off, her hearing's better. So mm. she can hear them coming. Okay, but she didn't. <laughs> she did not. She didn't know. I think she, she, only... no, she did. But she, she figured out because something. Of... And she... then that's when the, right. and the then doctor the voicemail. showed up. Oh, right. Yeah. 
But then, and then I guess she just thought it was fine. She thought it was just the doctor. Yep. I think it wasn't. And then she does, I mean, I don't know that I'd be able to tell if my personal voicemail was hacked. I also love that she brings, like, the whole thing into the office and just, like, shoves it at Mulder. <laughs> he didn't, ha- I don't, he didn't hack her voicemail. He just, she was in the shower and he, he played his mess, her messages. I thought that he dialed into it from somewhere else. No, he was in her living room while she was in the shower and he just like pressed play. Maybe you're right. Either way, now he knows where she's going and now we're concerned that he's going to kill her. Right. I wrote a note that's very important, um, okay. which is, it just says Scully's glasses and then a lot of exclamation mm. points, which yeah. normally I would write about Mulder, but Mulder doesn't wear his glasses in this episode. And Scully, this is may- I maybe I missed it, but I think this is the first time I've seen her wearing these glasses that she wears in this episode. Mm, yeah. She's, I I love her in glasses. I wish, it's almost like I wish both of them wore them all the time, but then it wouldn't be so special. Exactly. It's like a treat when it happens. Exactly. Um, Yeah. I love when she wears her glasses and she's writing her little notes, her little private, like, I don't, like, she does this throughout. And, like, I guess, like, you probably keep field notes. That's probably, like, part of your job. But, like, is she sending them to someone? Like, because it started with her trying to debunk this sector of the FBI, but it, that's not what she's really doing anymore. She's just working there. And is are these notes just for her? Is she still sending them to, like, the people that assigned her to this project? Like, how does... How does it work when when you take uh, notes for for uh, your job at the FBI, Alana? Well, I think in general you probably have like a case for every like a case file for every case, and you take notes and you put all those notes in the case file, so they're just like always there. However, I would also like to know is she still sending notes to the people who hired her to debunk the X Files because that is a plot line that has just been totally dropped. And I have no idea if it's ever going to come back or not. I think like, obviously from like literally like the second and third episodes, like it's clear that she's like invested in this now. And I think it's clear that like, or she's able to see that like, not all of this is completely ridiculous. Like sometimes it's hard for her to wrap her head around like most of the time, especially at the start, but it's not, all just like it's like you realizing that the show is not come 100% just like chasing aliens like there's other stuff going on and she's like okay I guess I I guess I, I see what's happening here and it's not just like a lunatic in the basement like tracking UFOs even though it still is a little bit yeah yeah I guess I just want to know what the guys who hired her to do this are thinking and are they mad that she hasn't debunked it I would assume so She's maybe just, like, not responding to their emails. (laughs) (laughs) So I just remembered that when Scully hears somebody in her house, which she does hear somebody, and I think she gets out her gun to, like, go investigate it, um, there is a very odd music playing over the scene. It's, like, 
I don't, it's like a, like a child choir, maybe. It's very religious <laughs> music, which I didn't understand why they were playing this music at all. Yeah, there's no, there appeared to be no reason for it. One thing that I think kind of threw me in this episode was like, just anytime they mention that one of them has like a friend or like, you know, knows other people, it just really like takes me out of the reality that we usually live in, which is like just the two of them. Because like Barnett is like finds out that she's going to her friend's like cello recital. And I'm like, Skelly has a friend who's like an established like musician. (laughs) Like where is she getting these friends from? It doesn't surprise me that that Scully is friends with some accomplished cello player. It seems like sure. That's probably who her friends would be. It's it's difficult to picture Scully having like a normal life. I'm sure she doesn't now. Like well, yeah, at this point in her life, her friends are probably like, "Girl, what's going on with you? Like, yeah. you're never hanging out anymore. You and when you do hang out, you talk <laughs> about this spooky guy who's doing like weird things, and I can't tell if you believe him or not." <laughs> Yeah, I feel like her life took like, you know, like a complete turn when, you know, she took on this this project. Especially compared to like probably who she was when she was doing her medical residency. And then it was probably like, what do you mean you're joining the FBI? And then they're like, all right, what are you doing now? <laughs> yeah, I have to imagine that as the seasons go on and as Scully like gets deeper into the X-Files, like her friends must like be so confused. And like, did they think about staging an intervention? Are they like, honey, what's going on with you? Like, do you need help? Like, yeah. you're so different. <laughs> please let us know if you need us to save you. Like, I need to talk about the scene near the end of the episode where they're at the cello recital Scully is set up to be bait for Barnett. They have a whole team of FBI agents undercover um, throughout the cello recital. Everybody's in the reception hall or like whatever it's called. And Mulder's across the room and Scully looks at him and Mulder winks at her from across the room. And that's just such a moment. You know, I don't think there's anything better in the world than someone who you have some kind of like romantic interest in winking at you from across the room. Oh, wow. I mean, I think maybe there are a couple things better in the world, but that's, no, that's uh-huh. up there. No, none. <laughs> no, that is what's the better peak. name. Name what's better. Um, I think maybe there's nothing better in the world than Mulder winking at Scully from across the room for me that I guess Mulder winking at Scully would be like the peak. You know, I don't, I could give a shit about my own life. (laughs) I want them to fall in love. So not even like David Duchovny or Jillian Anderson winking at you from across the room. That's not even better. Okay. My immediate like internal reaction to that is like, if David Duchovny winked at me across the room, I'd be so uncomfortable. 
Like, I really don't think I'd actually like it. Like, (laughs) but I guess, like, if it was, like, 90s, like, Walter David Duchovny, I'd be like, okay. But, like, present day David Duchovny, like, I mean, he's, he is handsome, but he's not, it would also just be creepy based on the fact that he's 60. I would just be like, no, dude. But if Jillian Anderson winked at me across the room, I would melt into a puddle on the floor and just would never be able to regain my composure. Um, so I guess maybe that would be better. I got like I think we should shivers <laughs> thinking about it. <laughs> there we go. Now you see what I'm saying. Yeah. But I think we should not take people's ages into account because we got this. We got the salamander genes, and we can do it right. to everybody. Well, we don't have them. <laughs> and I don't think the salamander genes are are reversing his age. They're just regrowing his body parts. But I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't get if it's the same or if it's different. No, they made him look younger. They, I mean, people tell us several times that he looks well, younger. But is it the salamander genes or is it something else? I guess I don't know. But we don't have it. Barnett has it. And as they say at the end, they're like, he is going to take that to the grave. Probably. He's not, though, because it's in a locker. And the end of the episode, they show us this locker. And someone is very explicitly like, this isn't the last we've heard of John Barnett. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They're like, he will be back. Okay, everybody, have a good night. Yeah, they make it very apparent. He, We're going to see him again, or at least the research is going to come back. Somebody's going to find that research. Right, right. Let us not forget that Scully is shot in this episode. Scully is shot in the most dramatic scene, and it is gorgeous. I mean, it's upsetting, but like just, I don't know, the drama of it all, and it's like in a theater lobby. I thought it was, a, it was a beautiful scene. I agree with what you just said. And I wrote that after the scene happens, um, I took a note that was just like, this show is good. <laughs> a lot of like, There's a lot of drama. <laughs> Episode, Episode 16, 16. I've decided this show is good. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. You know, the the first season of most shows, I think, sometimes are questionable. But, yeah, this show is good. And it does get better, I think. I mean, season one I enjoy, but it definitely it definitely gets better and much more complicated. <laughs> <laughs> but in a good way, in a way where you're like, oh, some of these episodes actually did go together instead of it just being, like, chaos for 45 minutes each time that doesn't seem to have anything to do with the next. I mean, a lot of it is that. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> sure. Well, I enjoy that also. Yeah. We need some some just sporadic chaos thrown yeah. at us every once in a while. I did think the scene where he shoots Scully was, I mean, despite liking it, I thought it was kind of funny because if like they're in this big reception hall which, with lots of people around and also lots of undercover agents and he shoots her and then runs away, like, 
totally unstopped. Like nobody is there for several mm-hmm. minutes after he shoots her. And it's like, okay, well, he's literally surrounded by people. Like how does he get away at all? Yeah. I, they're, it's like they're all idiots. What I, <laughs> what I want to make sure that I bring up, which is absolutely stupid and pointless, is that the way that John Barnett says Mulder is so funny to me. Did you notice this? No, please uh, give so, me an example. When he's like holding the woman hostage not really hostage, but like kind of in the theater and Mulder's about to shoot him. He's like, oh, Mulder. Cause, and it's like, you know, he's like taunting him, but I don't know if that's just like how he says it. Cause I don't feel like he said it that weird previously, but all of a sudden he's like pronouncing it with like the most dramatic enunciations. And it's like, I know you're not going to do it, Mulder. <laughs> I think that's because he wants to fuck Mulder. Like, even you just right. saying it there, I'm like, it was, that's it was flirty. Yeah, it was very sexual. I think that it's interesting that that's how you perceive that. <laughs> I was flirting. Um, but, I mean, you might be I right. Mean, I don't, yeah, you know. Well, maybe. I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe I just have a very wrong idea of flirting, and I've been doing it wrong my whole life. You've been just <laughs> say. <laughs> I just I would love it if that's how you flirted was just by like over enunciating <laughs> people's names to just really put emphasis on it. Um, I mean that's a tactic. Maybe it would work. People like yeah. hearing their own names a lot of the time. But totally. If it was me, I'd be like, "Why are you saying my name like that?" <laughs> It's just like, I just think it's, I, I'm not saying it's necessarily flirting to overemphasize somebody's name. I'm just saying the way you the said way it and the it. way yeah. I imagine he said it was just dripping with sexual desire in my mind. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll go with that. That's yeah, that's fine. And I need to bring up the last point of sexual tension that I noted in this episode. <laughs> this is, I think this is the third time you said that. But I'm glad that... that. <laughs> yeah, well, I think maybe only the second, but I think since then you've brought it up two more times. And I frankly, well, I was glad, because when you said earlier, I was like, there's got to be more. <laughs> yeah, as we've been talking, I've, I've remembered yeah. more. Uh, so Mulder shoots Barnett, mm-hmm. and Barnett gets taken to the hospital, and Scully and Mulder are watching him get operated on in the observation room. And while they're watching him get operated on, they're standing very close together. Their faces are very close together. And it honestly looked like they were going to kiss, like while Barnett was being operated on. And they're talking in a way that's like, Mm-hmm. Uh, very like emotional or, or it's it's you know there's like some electric yes it's intimate and it just really seemed like they were gonna kiss in that observation room yeah i'm sure they did like right when the scene ended sure <laughs> just wasn't allowed for for our eyes but um yeah i mean i'm sure it was like it was the um i i i I agree in that scene. I'm like, I only pick up on sexual tension when it's between Scully and Mulder. If it's coming from somewhere else, I like block it out. They, 
I'm sure are emotionally charged based on the fact that that's this is the first time in the show that Scully's been shot. And like, you know, suddenly you're like, oh my God, this person could have died and I absolutely love them and I'm going to kiss them right here, right outside of this operating room with this Benjamin Button salamander <laughs> reverse man. <laughs> I can't think of a more romantic place to kiss. I mean... Sure, yeah. Before he's dead, because he does die, but they're, like, trying to save him. It would be a nice moment. But alas, we must wait. And wait, and wait, Mm. and wait, and wait, and wait. (laughs) Well, it was fun to, um, to be the confused party in this, for me, honestly. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was kind of fun, but I honestly don't feel like you were confused enough. Well, I mean, I'll work on it. <laughs> Maybe there'll be another one where I'm more confused. But I just, like, like I guess part of me knew what was going on. I just couldn't, like, wrap my brain around all the details of it, especially within the, like, medical and science realm. I was like, this is a lot for me to yeah, handle. There was a lot going on in this episode. You bring salamanders into the mix, and I'm like, I'm fucked. (laughs) Well, although there were no actual aliens in this episode, we here at Lee and Alana Watch the X-Files still believe that they're real, and um, would like to say, aliens, if you're listening, and God, do I hope that you're listening, please come get us. We're scared.